dogs are dumb. Corn dogs are dumber. Cheese steak, oh please steak. And shawarma's a bummer. There's only one meat. I'll put it in my gut. And enjoy it till it comes out my butt. Burgers, Bob's Burgers. Oh, it's Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers are number one. Welcome back to Owls Only, an Adult Swim podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Hope, and I love my listeners, but you're terrible. You're all terrible. And I'm here with my co-host. I'm Hunter, and I'm the worst kind of autistic. So today we're talking about Bob's Burgers Season 1. This is Part 3 in our Lauren Bouchard um, uh, recap miniseries, whatever the fuck. Um, Alex couldn't be here today, uh, because he's a little bitch, but he's going to be back next week for the Bob's Burgers movie. Um, so before we get into this show, there are two big things related to this show that happened today that I want to talk about. So the first is Archer is ending after 14 seasons. And so you, you, you've never really watched Archer, right? Um, I've watched like the first two or so seasons while hanging out with a friend while not entirely paying attention to it. And then I haven't watched anything else in order, but I've seen a good bit of random episodes on TV, especially at like two in the morning when FXX plays them and I can't sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Archer was a huge fucking show for me. Archer is one of like the main shows that got me into Adult Swim. It's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast. So I think it's it's going to be super, super interesting that this show is going to fucking end because it's ending the same year that like Futurama is coming back, which is super weird to me. But um, so, yes, we're talking about also it was the second thing. The second thing was um. I, today, in a really, really good eBay deal, I won the Lucy Daughter of the Devil press kit, which comes with, like, a screener disc that comes with, like, a couple episodes on it, and also, like, a Satan sing-along CD that has, like, it's just H. John singing a bunch of songs that are, like, in Lucy and stuff. So, I got that, which I'm super psyched about. It's one of the very few pieces of Lucy merch that actually exists. But, um, yeah. Okay, so we're talking about, obviously, Bob's Burgers Season 1. All this is kind of going to be about um, the whole of Bob's Burgers and especially how it relates to Adult Swim and how it relates to, like, Lauren's two previous efforts. So when did you start watching this show? I watched it. I don't think I followed it every single week, but I remember when the pilot was new it was one of those things on like the Xbox 360 where you could go to the store and you could download it for free. And I remember oh. watching the pilot like when it was relatively brand new and liking it and catching it here and there after that. So I've pretty much been watching since the beginning. Fuck yeah. Um, there's a weird there's a really weird like promo. You can find a promo for season one of Bob's that's in four by three and it's insane. It's like, I think it's like for like a local Fox affiliate or something, but like it's Bob's Burgers, but it's in four by three. And it's just like a random clip from the episode. They just like 
cut to fit like the four by three aspect ratio. It's super weird. It's like it's like looking into an alternate dimension. It's fucking weird. But um, did you how did have you ever when did you start watching it on like Adult Swim? Um, what year did it come to Adult Swim? So it started airing on Adult Swim in like the summer of twenty thirteen. Probably the year it came to it then. Yeah, same, because summer 2013 is the year that I actually start watching Adult Swim. Like, summer 2013 is when I'm watching, like, that fucking lineup from, like, 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. Like, no, it's 9 o'clock to, like, 11 o'clock. I'm watching that lineup of, like, King of the Hill, Cleveland Show, American Dad, and Family Guy. Like, I am watching all four of those shows for the whole, like, you know, three to four hours like every night during that summer. It's like a huge thing for me that really gets me into like Adult Swim. And I remember around this time they were premiering Bob's Burgers, but Bob's Burgers was not the juggernaut it is now. It only had about three seasons. And honestly, it's kind of two because this season and the second season are like this are like combined. They're like 23 episodes or 22. Ep no, the combined are 22 episodes. So yeah, combined, it's like one full season. And then season three is just a standard season. And they're all standard after that. But, um, so there's, like, less than 50 episodes of Bob's Burgers at this point. There's only, like, 44, I would say. And so they really weren't airing it all the time. They were just kind of airing it on, like, Mondays, I believe. But, um, a huge thing that we always talk about is, like, the puppet promos for this show. Yeah, I love the puppet promos. There are... There were two of them that I specifically remember. I don't know if there were just two of them total, but the the ding along and then the like hot dogs are dumb, corn dogs are dumber one. So there's those two, and then there's like a third one, which because like th th there's those two, and there's a third one. There might be more. I feel like it's possible that there's more, but the third one is Bob and Gene singing about how they're gonna rise up against the rich and um fucking burn their houses to the ground, which is awesome. And it's it's shorter though. It's only like twenty seconds. But um, I'm kind because like the ding the ding along that's on the soundtrack, but with the hot dogs are dumb song and the um and like the rise up against the rich that's not on any of the soundtracks. And as far as I know, it's not in any of the episodes. So I do wonder like if they recorded these like for Adult Swim. Because this was, like, a big deal. When Bob's Burgers came to Adult Swim, it was, like, a big deal. Because, obviously, this is, like, the Lauren Bouchard miniseries. So, he starts out with, like, Dr. Katz and Science Court and stuff in the late 90s before moving on to home movies on Adult Swim. And sort of anchors that, like, early 2000s block of home movies. of oh, Early 2000s block of Adult Swim. And then he goes a bit darker with Lucy, Daughter of the Devil. And this starts out with a much darker premise because um, the original premise for Bob's Burgers is that they're cannibals and that they make their burgers from human flesh from the crematorium next door. And I think that's a fucking gnarly ass concept. And um, there is a test. Have you seen the test video where it's like, it's like the exact same scene from the pilot where they're grinding the meat and like Bob um, doesn't know what her what the like that it's her anniversary and but yeah it, yeah you've seen this right yeah 
yeah but they're like they're grinding like literal human body parts and like linda gets like a like a ring off of like a hand and she like she like takes a hand and gets like a like a butcher knife and like slices off like the tips of the woman's fingers and gets like the ring off it it's fucking sick but um i really think that i think about this all the time that in probably many other universes bob's burgers is like a show on adult swim that got like one or two seasons and then like got canceled and I think it's super interesting to that this is like the universe where you remove that one element from Bob's Burgers, you remove like the twist from it, and now it's like it, it's like the third great like Fox sitcom alongside like the, the third like long running Fox sitcom alongside like The Simpsons and Family Guy. It's like one of the most influential cartoons of like the 2010s and 2020s. And I really think it's so interesting that just from removing that one little twist, it really does turn it from, okay, this is like another Lucy Daughter of the Devil type show to, oh, this is the fucking Simpsons of the 2010s, you know? Yeah, it's really interesting to think about that because the the, the series definitely would have never gotten a movie if there were cannibals. Yeah, like this show got a fucking theatrical movie. Of, like, all the Fox cartoons, including, like, the ones that, like, we fucking love, like, King of the Hill and American Dad and Futurama, out of all of those, the only two to get, like, a theatrical movie is The Simpsons, which, like, duh, and then this show, which is insane. This show really did. It beat the odds, you know? Like, I think, because this is also the era when Fox is just throwing whatever into that like 8 30 time slot you know like you have alan gregory um sit down shut up which i actually really like um fucking napoleon dynamite the animated series are there others here that came before bob's burgers or around bob's burgers that you can remember um apparently um there's do you know what goal in the insatiable is i do not that was one of those ADHD shows, and it's the only one of them that graduated into being like a primetime Sunday night Fox show. Oh, okay. So that's another one of these then. Um, But yeah, there's just so many here. And also, I mean, like, I think the Cleveland show is a successful show. It got fucking four seasons and 88 episodes. Like, the Cleveland show is successful. Do not get me wrong. But, I mean, even you can even consider the Cleveland show as, like, part of that, like, failed time slot. But, um, so this show was, I feel like the show was destined to die. Like, this show was destined to become, like, another, um, like, another Mission Hill or another, like, Clerks the Animated Series or, like, Clone High or something. It was destined to be, like, a 13-episode season that, like, animation and, like, comedy fans absolutely adored and nobody else knew what the fuck it was, you know? Yeah, we're really lucky that it didn't end up like that. Like, when you watch this season, do you get the same feeling that I do, that, you, that you're like, oh, yeah, this is, like... In most other universes, this is probably, like, a mission hill, you know? Yeah. I think that's – because, like, I always think about, like um, – because I've probably seen the episodes from this season more than any other episodes of the whole show. I'm assuming that's the same with you. Yeah, me too. 
And I just remember, I was thinking like, what if there was just no more Bob's Burgers after this season? Because I feel like in 50% of the universes, it's just an adult swim show. And in 50% of the universes, it's just like a Mission Hill one season, one and done type deal. And we live in like the 0.0001% of universes where it becomes like this massive fucking success. But, um, no good. Do you know how long the gap between season one and two was time-wise? Because I remember when this show first came out, when... I thought it actually was canceled after season one because I think it took them a little bit longer than the other Fox shows for it to come back for its second season, but I might be thinking of something else. No, it's almost a full year because the fir- this first season starts January 9th, 2011, and it goes through May 22nd, 2011, and it does not come back until March 2012 where it airs like a quick nine episodes and then um, it starts again on september 2012 as part of anadom and it never leaves and it's still going to right now so no you're 100 right it is like a little bit weird um it did it was like a full year in between um in between seasons one and two but season two really is like the back nine of season one like they are kind of like one season so like bob's burgers has 13 seasons but it really kind of has like 12 you know but um so we can just get into this show like the cast obviously so h john benjamin plays bob who runs this burger restaurant and he's just like the show very much like home movies is about creativity i think because home movies is all about brendan's creativity and this show is all this i mean this show is definitely not about bob as much as home movies is about brendan but I think that, like, a huge theme of this show is Bob's creativity and his, like, genuine love for cooking and his love for, like, what he does, you know? Yeah, you you especially see that with the burger of the day where he has, for most of the episodes, have some, at least one joke where on the background on their little chalkboard you see some burger of the day and it's usually a silly pun yes absolutely like this and also you uh, like as you get to know these characters more over the seasons you get to understand things about them more like bob doesn't talk to his dad even though he talks to bob doesn't really hang out with his dad that much because his dad owns a restaurant that bob worked in and he did not let him be creative with like the menu and so bob just couldn't work with him and i think that's a really interesting like character like bit of characterization for bob and we also he's sort of like Bob is like the normal one, I would say, in the family. But Bob is also entirely insane on his in his own way. Um, he talks to things a lot. Like a, a lot of the times, he's talking to the food and like that sort of like high pitched H. John voice. Who does it to like the um, Keanu Reeves figure in this in this season? That one episode, the weekend at Mort's. Yeah, yeah, he does it with the Keanu Reeves figure. Um, but like Bob is very much like a very he's just. He's a straight man, but he's they do a good version of that where they make him just as weird as the rest of them. It's just a bit more subdued. You know what I just realized from you talking about Bob and his dad? What? Can we draw that as a similarity to home movies where Brendan doesn't really hang out with his dad a lot? That's true. Oh, yeah, definitely. That is sort of like that is a huge part of Brendan's character on home movies. Um. But I think that he's very different from the previous um the previous H. John 
character in um in McGurk because he's just the I feel like he's not, he's not the opposite of McGurk but he's pretty much the opposite of McGurk at least in terms of like station of life because McGurk has like a job that he hates and he doesn't really and McGurk grows to have a family over the course of the show but like when he starts out he doesn't have a family but Bob like Bob's superpower is the fact that he does have like a completely loving family which is like a huge part of the show and it, it has be, kind of become like for a lot of people, it's become like the main draw of this show, you know? Yeah, I definitely know what you're talking about. The family is really important in this show. And for Fox families, where you have some of them, like the Griffins from Family Guy and the Smiths from American Dad, where they're a little bit more dysfunctional, I think this is one of the most tightly knit Fox families. Yeah, this this really does provide an alternative because this is also this also came out back when like Seth MacFarlane mania was at its high. Like the Ted movies were in theaters. You had like three of his cartoons on animation domination. You had Fam the Guy, American Dad, and Cleveland Show all running. And so this really did this provided an alternative for a lot of people that I think a lot of people were missing. And I do think that's really interesting because um I feel like it's a huge reason why the show became a success because I feel like people are always looking for an alternative in terms of like adult animated comedies and for people who were watching like animation domination in the 2010s like this is also I mean I can't speak to Simpsons in the 20 in like the late 2000s because I um have not seen any of that but I think this is probably where like there's a lot of jerk ass Homer and stuff like that. So I think with all these families being so like shitty to each other, this having this show that like really does it really grounds its comedy in its characters and the fact that the characters like each other. I think that did I think that really like it blew a lot of people's minds back then, which obviously there's plenty of shows like that, but I think this is something people were really looking for at the time. And that's why it really connected with an audience so well. And as the show goes on, this becomes even stronger because yes. like in season one, the characters can be a little bit more mean, I guess, but as it goes on, their bond and like how they treat each other like becomes even more nicer than it is here. Absolutely. Like um like Louise tells Tina to kill herself in one of these episodes, which is really funny, but like I don't think Louise would ever say that beyond like season 2. Um and there's another one that struck me. It's the episode um it's probably my favorite episode of the season is the spaghetti western and meatballs one where um they're like really mad about gene and louise are really mad at each other because they're kind of fighting over bob's time and they're both they both get mad in the like the meeting of mr fron and they're like i hate you to each other and it's like oh wow like they would never like even the belchers do get pissed off at each other but like they would never like talk like that to each other like beyond this season i think like even when they're really pissed off at each other they never really say shit like i hate you to each other past like this season which i think is really interesting yeah and all of that kind of comes together in the scene where they're hiding in the slide where they all kind of learn what louise is mad about yes i love that scene and i think that scene is also where louise becomes not only just a character but also probably the best character in the show i would say yeah she's definitely the strongest character here
I think that um, because a lot of Louise in this season is very different from Louise that like we have now because this Louise is a lot more like chaotic and a lot more just like straight up evil sometimes like getting very close to actually cutting Jean's ear off um, and shit like that. And I think that um, that episode is sort of like the first time they really figure out like how to write her like a real character because I think especially in this season up until that episode her and Jean don't really drive any of the plots they're mostly sort of like joke machines and a lot of like the actual like pathos for the characters comes from like Bob and Linda and like Tina to a lesser extent she has she they Tina has figured out almost immediately and so they have like a lot of fun with her in this season. They and she has like wants and needs and stuff like that that Jean and Louise don't until like they develop them later, I think. Because Louise does Louise is the breakout character of this show and she does become the strongest character, which is why she is the protagonist of the movie, which we're going to talk about next week. Um but this yes, yeah, so this is a very different show. I would say this show kind of has the opposite evolution of the simpsons you know what i'm talking about yeah because the simpsons starts out and it is a lot more grounded and the simpsons is also focused a lot more on the kids so it starts out as a grounded show focused on the kids and as it progresses through the classic era of the, it becomes like a wacky show more about homer and this show starts out as a wacky show not it's not super wacky but it's like more wacky than it ever will be again and it starts out as like a more wackier show about like bob and linda and as it goes on it becomes a more grounded show about the kids so it really does the exact inverse of what the simpsons does i think um but yeah so I think I love this first episode. The first episode is extremely home movies. I think. Oh wait, we're not even done with the characters. Um, there's also Linda. Linda is much more like they definitely figure her out. I think in the bed and breakfast episode, like that's when they understand that Linda is crazier than Bob. Whereas some of the early episodes, she is more of like a standard sitcom wife, where she's kind of sick of Bob's like Bob's shit sometimes. You know yeah and it's super interesting to see because like for the rest of the show it becomes about like bob being kind of sick of linda shit and also like i said gene is here gene um gene is probably the weakest character in the show they don't really they're never really able to find like stuff like like real dramatic stuff for him to do because he is kind of just a joke machine but he's still funny his shirt color is different this season i know you want to talk about that yeah we, we're not sure if this was the dvd we were watching or if it was the actual way the season was animated or drawn but every time gene shows up his shirt is a much not it's a pale they that's the word i'm looking for his yellow yeah. is more pale it's not as bright as it's supposed to be and i made the joke where i said every time gene pops up in the intro it's just a psychic attack on my mind 
It is. It fucking is. But um, so yeah, this has a stacked cast. Um, obviously, H. John Benjamin is Bob, and John Roberts is Linda. And so John Roberts is someone who's actually not worked with Lauren before. Before this, and Lauren. So John Roberts's thing was he got famous doing like YouTube videos where he like impersonated his mother, which is what Linda's voice is. And so he got hired based off of that. And Kirsten Shaw is Louise, and Kirsten Shaw has done some Adult Swim stuff. She's not, like, a super Adult Swim person, but she's on, like, she's on the first season of The Heart She Holler, and she's in, like, the, um, like, the Cheyenne Cinnamon pilot. She's in, is she in any other Adult Swim things? Not that I can think of. She's, oh, she's in a... She's in Bible Fruit. Oh, you're right, she is. She's one, of, she's, um, she's she's the um sorry sack of tangerine bitch in um in bible fruit um and also it's spinoff soul quest overdrive which i don't remember if she's in that or not but i think she is but kirsten shaw is kind of an adult swim person she's more of like an alt like alternative comedy person so she's in this realm um eugene merman is gene he's a huge adult swim guy he's all he's in like delocated He's in Lucy, Daughter of the Devil. Apparently, he's in home movies. I'm not gonna have to like watch more of it to see if I can spot him. Um, Eugene Eugene Merman's all over early Adult Swim, and Dan Mintz. I don't think has done anything beyond this in like his like comedy specials, and he's Tina. But um, and we also have like this whole show is just full of like Adult Swim alumni, like um, Larry Murphy, who's on like Delocated and Venture Brothers and Aqua Teen and everything and Metalocalypse, I think. Larry Murphy plays Teddy. And Andy Kindler, who's on home movies as Paula's boss in season two, I think. He plays Mort. Um fuck who else? Oh, we have uh Mr. Uh, Capital Riots, um fucking the guy the guy who voices half of Moral Oral, he voices Jimmy Pesto. Um you have hey. Go ahead. This is gonna be more relevant when we're talking about the movie, but we I don't know his name, but we have the guy who voices the warden on Super Jail is Grover from the movie. Yes, he's also in he's in the show a lot more as Gene's girlfriend Courtney. And like Gene's on and again off game girlfriend Courtney. And I remember when I was reading the Wikipedia entry for the movie, like a couple months beforehand, like he was on the cast list. So like the main cast members were like, obviously the characters we all know with the fish odors and then Courtney. And I'm like, why the fuck is she a main cast member in this? Cause she's such like a inconsequential side character, but um, obviously it turned out to be Grover, which is awesome. But yes. Um, and then also um, Hugo and Ron are obviously like Ron Lynch and um, fuck who voices Fenton fucking fenton muley is also hugo it's gonna oh my god i'm a i'm a bad adult swim fan and a bad podcast oh, sam cedar sam cedar who's like a political commentator he is um hugo and also fenton on home movies and shit so this and also brandon small is in this as the cop in like the burger episode paul f Tompkins is also in the burger episode paul f. Tompkins of like blue morpho and mr peanut butter and like every other fucking cartoon ever fame um it's just it's a very stacked adult swim show and i think it sort of brings that adult swim vibe and that's sort of very it's very conversational you know yeah 
I'm not sure if this I'm not sure if this is what you mean, but a lot of the dialogue in the show just feels like people sitting around talking to each other. A lot of it doesn't feel like someone spent like days writing it and perfecting it. Yeah, it's very similar to home movies in that regard, because home movies was entirely retroscripted, or at least the first couple episodes of home movies were entirely retroscripted. And so this is kind of like home movies combined with like a structure, which is kind of which is because it's exactly what it is, because um this show was like the two people who like sort of brought it to life are um obviously Lauren Bouchard, who comes from this home movies, like very like very like wet clay of just like conversation. And then it gets molded by um uh fucking Jim Dotrieve, who is a huge guy on King of the Hill. So it's it, it is sort of like, okay, let's take this sense of humor and this like conversational sensibility and let's put it into like an actual TV show with like episodes and plots and stuff like King of the like King of the Hill. Cause this is kind of like this is like the successor to King of the Hill, I think. This is like the middle point between like King between like King of the Hill and Steven Universe. This is like the middle point I think between those shows. Because it's about like it's about like it's very down to earth. It's a Fox sitcom that doesn't like none of the characters go to space or anything and the main character loves grilling, but everyone's like kind of gay and sings all the time and it's very colorful. So it is it is like it, it's it's like the it's like the fusion of Steven Universe and King of the Hill to me is is what Bob's Burgers is. It's interesting you talk about everyone singing all the time, which is definitely true later in the show, but this season didn't really have any moments where they broke out in song. They, yeah, there was almost no songs in this. They had the butt song in like the Art Crawl episode, um, and they, have, they, have, they sing Weekend at Mort's, and I think a lot of the songs from season one are just like stuff that's in like the DVD menus and like the promos and stuff, like the Ding Ding song and that kind of shit. Um, but yeah, so this show also, this season is really interesting because I think the show is never like similar to this ever again, because the entire thing is focused around the restaurant and it's focused around Bob, whereas the show from here on out kind of becomes focused around the kids and they really build out like a great supporting cast with the kids going forward. And I think the only ones that are in this season are like, Jimmy Jr., um, we see Jocelyn for, like, one episode, and the Pesto Twins. I don't think any of the other kids are in this season. There's a bit where, when we were watching it, um, Louise is talking to a bunch of people at lunch, and they all have nicknames that have to do with the size of their body. And I was really thinking regular-sized Rudy was going to originate from that bit, and then he just didn't. Yeah, I don't think they bring it bring him in until like season three. But like over season two and three, they introduce like they introduce Tammy, they introduce like Daryl, regular size Rudy, fucking Zeke. Like they introduce all these characters that become like major like um that become like major fucking like functions of the show and sort of run out the supporting cast. Whereas this is like they don't really do that here. They sort of run out like the adult supporting cast. Like you get like Mort and Teddy and um Gale and um the fish owner, at least the first fish owner. You, you only get Calvin this season. There's no Felix, which is kind of crazy because like every fish order episode now has both of them in it, whereas the first couple it's just Calvin. So you only get Calvin fish order this season, and we get like um 
the fucking old people who run the art store and like the speedo guy and stuff like that we get like a lot of our characters but we don't really get like a lot of the side characters sort of develop into um like the supporting cast of this show that we like know and love um but so yes we can just get into like the first episode um have you noticed that the kids that some of the characters models are a bit different this season yes i did notice that um like linda looks weird from like a certain perspective like her mouth looks weird and then also they do this in the early seasons and they don't do it again until later but um linda and louise have like like one eye is bigger than the other for both of them and they they like even that out later um mr frond also has an entirely different design from then from the rest of the show he looks way different here um let's see the show is also it's a lot more ship posting it's a lot more experimental in this first season like a lot of the stuff like gene just like spraying the grill with like the fire extinguisher over and over again is very ship posty and it's not a joke they would do like past like season three i think um they have the wonder wharf in the first episode which is interesting because that's a huge fixture of the show later um also a big thing i want to talk about is this show gets because like a lot of this episode is us talking about like what the show doesn't have yet but I think this show gets like the emotion and like the core of the show within the first episode because like there's a great scene they call back to in the movie where it's like Bob is standing in front of the restaurant talking to himself in like the reflection and like calling himself a loser and stuff and the music they play in that scene is the same music they play in the scene with Bob's mom in the movie which is an insane callback that I did not notice until like someone pointed out on Twitter. But, um, and Linda tells Bob that she, she says, you're a hero to your kids and to me. And like you, that is the show. Like you get it immediately that like, they all do this because like Bob is like their hero, even though like they, they're, they always like make fun of him and stuff. And he's like kind of pathetic in a way that a lot of like, cause a lot of the animation domination dads are like fucking like brawlers. Like all of them are fucking brawlers except for Bob. But, um, but, like, Bob is, like, a hero to the kids because he does, like, follow his dream. He doesn't work in, like, an office job. Like, he, um, like, I feel like a lot of other, like, characters in this in the show like this would. But, like, Bob is a hero to his kids and to Linda. And I think that's, like, a huge theme of this show. And it's a huge reason why. Like, you get it. I think this pilot is a great pilot because you really do get the theming of the show immediately. Even if the humor is very different from what it becomes later on. I want to say with you pointing out that Bob is a brawler, or is not a brawler, sorry, Um, that in the scene I was mentioning earlier where they're hiding in the slide, that's actually because someone else wants to fight Bob and he doesn't want to fight, so he does that. Yeah, where like a lot of other Fox dads that would have just been on site and there would have been a fight. Yeah, like Homer is Homer's professional boxer. Peter is a fucking god tier brawler. Obviously, is the giant chicken thing. Stan is a trained CIA agent. Like all, it, Hank, obviously, it's like King of the Hill canon that Hank can kick everybody's ass. So it's like all the Fox dads are brawlers except for Bob, and I really like that detail. I think it's fun. I think it adds a fun dynamic to it because this show isn't a kind of show where people are going to get in like a fucking fist fight. It's all like, it's all like the moments like leading up and like after that like they never actually 
do anything like that, which I think is really like fun and interesting. And it's a very like quirky way to um, deal with conflict in this show that I think does set it apart from a lot of other like animation domination shows, because like in other shows like this, like Homer would just fight the guy or Peter would get into a chicken fight with them or Stan would just like shoot him or something. But they like, it's, it just sets the show apart like a lot by um by having them like not do that um okay so we're gonna fucking we're gonna end this and come back because zoom is gonna kick me off in a second because apparently zoom you have to pay to have unlimited meetings and i already pay for enough bullshit so i'm not gonna do that so i'm gonna hang up here and i'm gonna call you back okay okay we're back so um do you think that this that these first couple episodes are like the funniest episodes of the show? Because I really do. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's a lot of really solid jokes there, and there's a lot of jokes that they wouldn't like dare to make later in the series. I was just the second episode, Crawl Space, is about like um Bob hiding between the walls to get away from Linda's parents, and I was fucking losing my shit that episode it was so funny like um because bob is just so pissed off the whole episode and um there's like a scene where he's like on a ladder and like the kids are like like messing around like near the base of it and it's like shaking the ladder and bob just goes i have an announcement to make i am on a ladder and like he's just so mad and it's so funny um gene thinks that salmon rushdie uh fucking wrote narnia which is a fucking insane joke that i never got until this rewatch um i also love when um when like the scene where bob's on like the ladder and louise is like do you want to hear my impression of grandma and bob's like yes like they're already friends i love that they immediately set up that bob and louise are like already like friends which is something really great because i feel like their relationship is like one of the strongest things in the entire show for me um this is also the first episode with Teddy because Teddy's not in the pilot. And Teddy is like, Teddy is very interesting because in this season, he's like the same level of prominent as Mort. I think Mort would be a little bit more prominent than Teddy in this season. But like, Teddy is like, he's in the, um he's in like the promo art for the seasons and stuff. Like Teddy is a part of like the Belchers. Like, when they show all, like, the Fox families together, you have, like, the Griffins and the Simpsons and stuff. And, like, when they show the Belchers, Teddy is with them in, like, every key art from, from like, but at least for, like, most of the season. I mean, most of the series. So it's very interesting that um that Teddy starts out here and he's, like, he's not even, he's, like, he's not somebody they deal with every day. Like, they call him Teddy the Contractor or they call him, like, Talkie Teddy and stuff. Like, it's not, he's not someone that is, like, a permanent fixture in their lives yet, which I think is a really interesting way to, like, introduce this character. Um, Fucking, we also get H. John, we also get Kuchikopi in this voice, um, which is great. I love Kuchikopi. Um, See what else this one has. Oh, I love the scene when he's trapped in the wall and then he just is like, no nagging my customers to um, Linda's mom. And Linda's mom also comes up with a new burger of the day called the Toonami, which is fucking funny because, you know, Adult Swim Toonami. Um, 
they have the one pun where he calls Linda like Naggedy Ann or something, and she doesn't like that. And then he says, "What about Secretary of Nagra Culture?" And she's like, "Oh, I I like that one, but I'm not a nag though." Yeah, I I love that. I fucking love because a huge thing I love about this show is that like the characters do get into like they get into like shit with each other, and they get mad at each other. But even in this season, I think they keep that level of humor between it. And I think that really adds to the charm of it, which um, I'm still a huge Bob's Burgers fan. I think it's one of the best Anadom shows. But I do think they really get away from this later and they make it so the Belchers like never have problems with each other or the Belchers are like always like nice all the time. And I do kind of miss this season one dynamic when they were like when they would be like loud and like pissed off and mad at each other and like bob would yell at the kids and stuff but then it would like get disarmed by them like laughing about something someone else said i think that's like the perfect way to write this show and i do think it's gotten maybe a little bit too sweet in the past couple seasons but they have they've literally said they've started writing it to be more of like a family show instead of like an adult swim show which I do think is interesting. I'm not going to say it's like the wrong way to take the show because like, obviously I don't write it, but I think it's, I do, I do miss like the sort of raunchier, louder, like meaner first couple seasons of this show. And I do think those couple seasons are like really what solidified my love for these characters and like this world and stuff. Um, Oh, we got John Glazer this season, who's also in Lucy, Daughter of the Devil, and he's obviously like Neon Joe and John of the Located and stuff like that. He plays um Gyro, the um like the Capoeira instructor. So that it's fun having him just literally do the same voice he did for um for DJ Jesus, but like as this guy. Um let's see. Toby Huss is in this fucking season. Do you remember the episode we watched with the um dinner feeder? yes toby huss is the robber in that episode and that's like a really because toby huss is he's all over venture brothers and he's cotton and con on king of the hill so it's really i don't think he ever shows up in this show ever again so it's really weird he hearing toby huss in this show but i fucking love him i love toby huss um, we were talking um on our own like when we were watching it that his character the robber feels like a character that was set up to come back multiple times like a lot of the characters that get introduced in season one are but he just never comes back yeah he just never comes back there's it's it's really weird that he just like never comes back um Oh, I love the scene where, like, they're talking about the robber, and um, Linda's like, Bob, we're hit. And he's like, we weren't a hit, Linda. We were hit. And they have, like, a whole, like, two-minute conversation about that joke amongst themselves. That's a very home movies scene to me. Like, that seems like a very home movies, like, type of scene. Um, the, the robber episode is just such, like, a not Bob's Burgers episode to me. Like, it's so, it's so interesting, like... Because it's so different from what the a lot of these episodes are so different from what the show like normally does. Um, I fucking oh Melissa's in the season. Melissa is one of the guests in the bed and breakfast episode. Um, I'm just scrolling through like my notes here. This season has cutaways. Did you notice that? It's not like full on like remember the time this happened, but like. They'll mention something and they'll cut away to like a quick shot of that happening and then cut back to the action. Did you notice that? I actually did not. 
it's 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 only interesting i notice it so much because i'm just constantly watching this fucking show and i'm so used to the way the show is set up now that when it does shit like that i'm like oh wow what the fuck um there's a couple of things like that. Like, do you remember the episode? It's it's in Weekend at Mort's when they're at like Pesto's and like Bob is like looking around the restaurant and like the screen goes red and there's like a screaming sound and they do it for like a half a second. And like, it's fucking insane. It's like, it, it feels like something straight out of Lucy. And it's like, it's so weird that it's in this show because like the show never does stuff like that. I don't remember the context, but they do that bit again at the very beginning of the next episode. Yeah, like they do shit like that. It's just it's it's very interesting. Um and like they do they do a lot of shit like that. Like the kids they do a lot of shit they would never do past like the kids almost fucking cremate Bob in this season. Um let's see what else we got here. Yeah, we talked a lot about episode nine, the spaghetti and meatballs one, about um how that is like the first time where Louise really becomes a character. Um, before that, we have Louise literally pulling out hundred like hundreds of dollars to get Bob out of like that jam with like the art crawl thing, which I think is um very funny because like they're also they're a lot more lenient with the money stuff this year because Bob gets his window shattered like twice, and that would not be something they take as lightly going forward. So it is interesting how like lenient they are with like the money stuff here. Um, do you remember the fucking, the, the fried chicken in the bed bit? Yeah. That was, I don't know why, but like that caught me at a certain time and it was so fucking funny. I could not stop laughing about like, um, especially when he pulls out like the second piece and he's like, it's okay. I have more. I could not stop laughing at the fucking fried chicken in the bed. I thought it was so fucking funny. Um, so yeah, pes- we can talk about Pesto because Pesto, um, I think is a really good character, and they said they're going to bring him back. Like, so I don't know who they're going to get to recast him, but I think it's really interesting. They're going to keep doing Pesto at some point. Probably next season we're going to get to see him. Um, because only one episode left this season of Bob's Burgers, so next season we're going to get to see Pesto. I'm assuming we're going to see Pesto again next season. Um. And that's also the episode where they – it's the episode that introduces Marshmallow, which is what it's most famous for. But it is also the episode where Bob is, like, the cab driver, and he drives around a lot of, like, transgender women. And I do think that they use a lot of outdated language, first off. They do – they do they have a few transphobic jokes, especially towards the end. And I do think that they use a lot of language – just a lot of language. And, like, I feel like the – they have a lot more it's a lot more of a caricature than this show I feel like would handle trans people going forward, you know? Yeah, we were talking about this or I asked you about it like privately before we recorded this like yesterday because yeah. I wanted to like be careful when talking about it. But the three the three ladies that he drives around in the cab, their character designs, they these characters don't come back ever, and it's pretty obvious why their character designs seem to be like a pretty offensive, almost stereotype. Yeah, they're definitely like they're definitely a stereotype. Oh, it's kind of interesting. It's that this show is like Bob's Burgers is like a queer icon. Like every June, like Toddland, the wonderful company that makes Bob's Burgers merch, they release like a Bob's Burgers X Pride collection. And I, it's like this show is like an iconic like queer show. And I think it's really it's it's kind of interesting that like they do. I mean, 
they could have handled it a lot worse, I think, because obviously there's like, you know, there's the Family Guy episodes or like the South Park episodes. So they could have handled it or even fuck, fuck the Futurama episodes. I hate the Futurama episodes with all like the um transphobia and shit. But um And Bob's sorry. No, go ahead. And Bob's burgers defense the characters themselves aren't mean to these three ladies bob is very nice to them and seen getting along with them and at the end of the episode he gets along with them so well they show up to the party which is seen to be an issue at first but then no one really cares after they're there for a minute and they help him get one over on jimmy pesto at the end so they all get along yeah that's what i was gonna say like this show is more positive than a lot of the other anadom shows in the sense that um they're like the trans characters are positive characters and like they're seen they're like they're the, they're the good they're the, they're the good guys in this episode like they're positive characters and so i do think that like obviously um you know they're make they're probably writing and animating this in 2010 like you can only like you can only like be so fucking like correct in 2010 because everyone was awful back then but i do think that this show even though they do have some offensive like caricatures and some of like outdated language i think this show comes the closest to getting it right like more than a lot of shows do um which i think is commendable but i do think yeah the show is like a the show is a huge like like queer show and i think that that's a big thing people like about it but there's um... even uh, there's even a few jokes I think it comes up enough times where it's like a very strong possibility that Bob himself is bi. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Like that's a thing that um I don't know if like Lauren confirmed it, but it's like it is like a well-known like fact that Bob is bi cuz Bob is like he Bob like flirts with like the the turkey guy in like the season 4 Thanksgiving episode I think. So that's very I like I like that a lot. Um and okay let's see what else we got going on in this fucking i'm scrolling through my notes oh something i noticed that like really struck me by surprise is in the episode like the spaghetti meatballs episode um bob calls louise a baby did you notice that yeah and that becomes a big issue in the movie but here she doesn't really care yeah she brushes it off but that becomes like her main motivator throughout the movie so i think it's really interesting that they like have that here because obviously you know they can't predict what they're going to write the movie about in fucking fucking 10 years but i think it's really interesting that um that it comes up like this because like oh shit because like I've seen the Bob's Burgers movie so many times. I've internalized that as such a big part of Louise's character. So when Bob like told you she's acting like a baby, I was like, oh shit. Like I did not like it seemed just because you know how much that affects her in the movie, it seems like crazy when Bob says it to her in this season. In the movie, I think it particularly upsets her because it's it's the conversation comes about with her being afraid of her hat falling off her yeah. ears in season one. They don't really go over that the ears are very important to her. Like she doesn't take them off because she never does outside of the movie where it's off screen. But the ears aren't like verbally mentioned, are they? No, they're not. They're not like they don't really get into that until the season three premiere. I think they don't like her ears are just kind of like a, like they're not mentioned throughout the first two seasons. Um, so we also have fucking lobster fest. You got to talk about lobster fest, which is one of the most iconic episodes of this show. Um, 
I fucking love one of my favorite parts of this episode is like after Bob gets super drunk the next morning and he's just like, uh, Linda, uh, Linda, I don't feel well. I don't feel well. It's like it's such a funny line delivery that they feel like they wouldn't do again because it's just it's you can tell it's just H. John just like improvising into the mic. And I think it's it's so funny. The kids also kill a lobster. Yeah, they boil one alive and eat it. They like any episode past season two would be about like the kids find a lobster and they want to like they had, like it would be like Louise doesn't want to kill it because she thinks it's cute and they put it in the ocean or something that would be the episode like in any other season that would be the episode it would be about the kids trying to like release it back into the ocean or something but no they fucking kill it they, they fucking kill it and eat it in this episode which is crazy like it's just such a thing they would never do um we have Miss LeBond in that episode, and her voice is much higher, which is because, like, in the regular show, her voice is, like, way more, like, gravelly and stuff. So it's a lot higher in this episode, which is interesting. Um, fucking, oh, yeah, Tim and Eric, for more adults and connections, Tim and Eric are the baseball announcers in the 13th episode. What did you think of that episode? I thought it was a little weird, the torpedo one with the baseball. Um, I always thought that bef like before i was really into shows where i would like check if i'm watching it on tv look at the tv guide every episode be like what season is this from can i tell what season this is from just by like watching it i always thought that episode came a lot later than it did it doesn't quite feel like the rest of season one yeah it's a very interesting episode i don't know if i like it um it's just it's it's weird. It's not real. I think Lobster Fest is a much better um season finale, I think. Um and I do I do love the bit in that episode though where Gene forgets um the name of Bob's burgers and Bob is just fucking screaming at him from the sidelines. It's so funny. Um but yeah, it's just this is a great season of TV. I fucking love Bob's burgers. Um but just more about like how Bob's Burgers relates to Adult Swim. It really does become like it becomes like an anchor of the lineup. I think, like it's on every single night. Um, do you know about Burgatory? No. So there's a thing that's been going on for the past year or so where Bob's Burgers will air for like an hour on Sunday nights. But it's not Cartoon Network and it's not Adult Swim. It's like this weird purgatory. So like people have started calling it Burgatory. Um And that's after Acme Night. Yeah, because like it it might be technically part of Acme Night, but there's no Cartoon Network like screen bugs and there's no Cartoon Network bumps, but there's but like you they do a proper start of Adult Swim afterwards. So it's not part of either. It's so weird. It's so fucking weird. But um, Bob's Burgers exists in the liminal space between Cartoon Network and Adult Swim on Sunday nights for some reason. Um, Bob's Burgers is also leaving Adult Swim this year, apparently. Um, I don't know if that's still true. I don't even remember what the fucking source for that was because it's been repeated as gospel for so long. I don't remember. I don't remember what the fucking source for it is. But apparently, Bob's Burgers is leaving Adult Swim this year, um, which is gonna suck because I love having Bob's Burgers on Adult Swim. But, um, so yeah, Bob's Burgers is leaving Adult Swim this year, which is fucking crazy because I feel like it's been such a huge staple of this show. And it's also like, I feel like I've watched most of Bob's Burgers by watching it in reruns on Adult Swim because it's just so easy to put on, you know? Yeah, me too. This is a very bingeable show too. I think it's a very easy show to just put on and just like absorb like fucking 
10 episodes at a time. Like, it's just, it's so, it's so comfy. I love all the characters. I love the dialogue. It's just, it's just a great fucking show. I, I really did not appreciate this show until I started getting hyped for the movie, which we'll talk about next, um, next episode. But it's just such, like, it's just such a good fucking show. But it is. I I love this show, especially rewatching this season with you really made me remember how much I love it because um I have Xfinity cable and they removed Cartoon Network from their lower paying tiers. So I don't get Adult Swim in my room, yeah. but I get FXX in my room and FXX only airs the last couple seasons of Bob's Burgers and those episodes are good. They're perfectly fine, but really watching like season one again made me go, oh, this show used to be good, good. Yeah, like I still, um, I still like, uh, I still like current Bob's Burgers more than like, um, a lot of other like, like shows on like kind of like that mold of like family sitcom but i fucking adore like the first couple seasons of this show and they're just stuck in my brain forever and so i really like going back and watching this again i'm like fuck yeah this is good shit like i love this season um do we have anything else to talk about with bob's burger season one <laughs> this is gonna be a really stupid last thing for me to say but um here's a joke that they absolutely would not do later on Bob does crack this season. Oh yeah, Bob does crack. Um, oh, I can't believe we almost didn't talk about Bob does crack. Yeah, Bob talks about doing crack. Um, so let's see. I feel like Homer probably hasn't done of all the animation domination dads. Homer probably hasn't done crack. We've seen Peter do crack multiple times. Um, Stan's probably. I think Stan's done crack before, right? Stan has done crack. There's an episode revolving around that where Roger tells him it's like cold medicine or something. Okay, Stan's done crack. Um, Hank doesn't do crack, but Hank fishes with crack in that one episode from King of the Hill. So Bob joins another lineage, long lineage of animation domination dads who fucking do crack. Um. All right, so we're going to be back next week with the Bob's Burgers movie, which I'm going to have a fucking lot to say about because I fucking love that movie. And yeah, um, you can follow us on Twitter at at OwlsOnlyPod. You can follow me on Instagram at adult underscore swim underscore merch underscore archive where I post. You can see all the Bob's Burgers shit that I own. If you scroll back a couple fucking million pages, you can see like all the new shit that I'm getting. I'll be posting that Lucy um, press kit on there once I get it. And yeah, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, if you would like, you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is Micromasta, but some bastard stole the at, so the at is Masta Micro. Classic. All right, so we'll see you guys next week. See ya.